0: Primary threat spotted. Moving into position. I the strength and certainty of steel. Hadia marks the boundary where reality and unreality meet. Of course, we didn't expect to die out here. You know, I'm beginning to wish I'd asked for more money. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. D20Radio.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We have a wonderful new micro, mini, short show, whatever you want to call it. But we are going to start focusing on bringing on guests to talk a little bit about themselves and these are not going to be related to Warhammer, Warcry, Games Workshop for the most part. So my special guest for our very first episode is Chaz and he is a part of our D20 radio family so he's a sister podcast and we're just going to kind of sit back, get to know each other a little bit better and enjoy a nice short 20-30 minute talk. So welcome to the show Chaz, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you and Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. So for those of you who you know, may not listen to D20 Radio or have no idea who you are, tell us a little bit, You know, plug your show, tell us a little bit about what you talk about, um, You know, what brought you into podcasting so we can kind of get to know you a little bit better.
1: Sure. Um, so I am a host emeritus of the Story Told podcast, as well as running our actual play content on the Story Told podcast feed. Uh, the story told started out as a gaming, uh, role-playing game variety show. So we did, uh, deep dives into games, reviews, uh, interviews with creators, uh, and we're, we're still doing all of that about a year into running the show. We also added actual play to our, our mix, um, going from a, a, tw- um, Every two-week show to a weekly show, uh, which was funny because when we set out to make a podcast, we said, we're never going to be a weekly show and we're never going to do actual play. (laughs) Yeah, the best laid plans and all that. Um, But I got into podcasting because I wanted to create the podcast that I wanted to listen to. Uh, There were a a number of games that weren't getting a a lot of podcast coverage. um, And I was like, I could do that. And the, the same thing kind of happened with the actual play. Um, a long running uh, Exalted actual play uh, wrapped up and I was looking for a new Exalted actual play and there wasn't one out there that I really liked. And so I was like, my group's awesome. Let's record us. Um, and <laughs> then we started doing actual play.
0: We've got a lot of people in our community who play role-playing games and they play more of the well-known ones. So like the Star Wars, Fantasy Flight version or Pathfinder or a D&D. Can you tell us a little bit about Exalted, like what kind of system does it use? Is like, like the D20 system? Is it does it have its own like custom dice? Um, you know, what are you doing as a PC in this role-playing environment?
1: Okay, so let, let's hit the exalted elevator pitch. Um <laughs> and I, I should give the, the caveat that I do also write for the game uh now as well. Um I, I have a couple of projects under my belt, but the exalted is an epic non-Western uh, fantasy uh, setting, high fantasy, that is like post-post-apocalyptic. And you play heroes who are empowered with the might of the gods. Um, and it, it's it got a kind of an anime wuxia feel um, to it in a lot of ways, um, which is neat uh and it, i guess another inspiration for it that people might be familiar with is like uh final fantasy and and the over the top uh like giant weapons and stuff that you get in in jrpgs it's very in in theme for exalted um the system uses a uh, kind of cu- customized over the years version of White Wolf's Storyteller system. So you're you're building a, a dice pool of d10s uh, based on like putting your attribute and ability together, and then rolling those dice and looking for successes uh, is kind of the the basics of of the system. But in Exalted, because you are playing big damn heroes empowered by the gods. You get to roll even more dice, so it is it is a kind of a joke to say that twenty six d10s is one exalted of dice um, because that is that is the l- limit to the pools that that you could probably roll. Um, most other games that use the same base system a, a, a pool of like five or six is fairly common, so uh, exalted is known for being the the game where you need too many d10s. <laughs>
0: That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, it is it's a really cool game. It is it is my favorite role-playing game um, and has been for a very long time.
0: So for people who are used to traditional role-playing games, how does how does this feel like if you were to take someone who's used to dungeons and dragons which is like the most commonplace rpg and you sit them down you say hey we're gonna play a game of exalted like what what do they need to know like do they need to know anything is there a drastic shift or can you just kind of take the same role-playing experience instead of a d20 you're just using d10s and i'm assuming a different like a stat point system compared to you know the the six standard in D and D.
1: Okay, so if we're going from D and D to Exalted, there are a number of kind of key changes that you would want to be aware of. Um, the system is totally different. Um, I mean, you're you're rolling a, a pool of dice instead of a t- single die for uh, actions. So when you when you talk about just like how does an action resolve, uh, you get a core difference there. Your you have a, a different set of abilities and, and attributes, of course. But one of the key differences that just looking at the character sheet isn't going to capture right away is that Exalted takes the, the granularity to other parts of the system besides combat. So in Dungeons & Dragons, it, it's I would say it's mostly a combat system that has a, a skill system tacked onto it. Um, And the skill system is fairly simple. With Exalted, they really look at um, almost domains of play. So you have a combat system, you have a social system, you have an investigation system. They all rely on the same core rules, but have um, the granularity of powers, uh, because all Exalted use their inherent magic to empower everything that they do. And so, uh, if you want to make a character who uh, doesn't fight but is a, a like a master negotiator or uh, a master thief, you can use your your magic and your powers in that pursuit. It doesn't have to be uh, the the pure combat focus that well, not pure combat focus, but the combat focus that D and D has.
0: Okay, so on the DM side, because I'm sure a lot of people listening are you know DMs in their uh, RPG environments. What kind of challenges does Exalted present since it's not so combat oriented and now you have a much wider scope of things to challenge your uh, players with? Like you said, you can create negotiation environments where they can't fight. They have to talk or, you know, what, what are some other things like what are the tools that the DMs have at their fingertips to play with in the system?
1: So for game masters running Exalted, there's a lot of flexibility, um, and like I said, it, it's a, a big system. Um, I the system is also on its third edition, so it has a deep setting with a lot of lore. What I recommend to game masters starting out with Exalted is uh, don't try to do the whole thing all at once. Pick an area of focus, and this is true whether you're talking about the rules or the setting. Um, pick. Something that you want to focus on, talk to your players about it so they know it too, and focus on that. So if you want to run a, a game that is a uh, like a, a gritty surviving in the streets of Nexus, which is like this big, uh, almost lawless trade city uh, that is one of the classic locations for Exalted, let your players know that. Um, so that they can, can build to that part of the setting and that, that focus that you want. If you want like a high court politics of the realm game, let your players know that and then really understand the social systems. If you want to go hunt monsters uh, across the north, which is kind of a, an easy entry point for people who are maybe more familiar with D&D and want to do that traveling heroes fighting monsters thing, uh, there's a place for that too in Exalted. But the, the kind of the core of that recommendation is pick a focus and really master that. Don't, don't try to juggle everything all at once. And then once you say, say you start with that hunting monsters in the North uh, game, and then you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I really understand the combat system. I want to uh, introduce a mystery here. So the the characters get to White Wall, which is this uh, city ruled by the gods up in the north that has problems with monsters infiltrating. And you, as a game master, say, I'm going to place a conspiracy here and the characters are going to get framed for something and then have to investigate it to clear their name. So then you might engage with the investigation system a bit more. You might bring in some of the social systems. but it's like that uh, old question of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You, you, I kind of recommend that New GM's approach exalted the same way.
0: So you've mentioned a couple times uh, through our discussion that there's multiple systems. So you said like social system, combat system. Um, what else is, is it just those? And like, what do they provide for the player experience? Because obviously a social system is much more in depth than just people talking to each other.
1: This is probably a good time to mention that I also am one of the hosts of another podcast called The Systematic Understanding of Everything, uh, which is an Exalted podcast where we're going over in depth um, all of the setting and rules information for Exalted. Uh, So definitely to get deeper on any of these subjects, I'd I'd, uh, recommend listeners go check out that podcast. Um, But to kind of give the, the high-level view, the combat system in Exalted kind of has a unique aspect to it where instead of uh, fighting and, and knocking off each other's hit points uh, or health the way that you would in a lot of role-playing games, the combat is designed to create a cinematic feel where the characters are fighting back and forth and building up uh, momentum that they can then use to uh, make decisive attacks that, that really swing the battle. And when the the devs were originally building this system for exalted Third Edition, they pointed to uh, movies like Star Wars or the Princess Bride, um, looking at say the duels the duel in the Empire Strikes Back between Luke and Vader or the the duel between the uh, Dread Pirate Roberts and Anigo Montoya where they're not cutting each other until the other person falls down. They're fighting for position. They're going back and forth. They're making their quips. They're doing the big cinematic stuff. And then in in pretty much both of those fights, there's like one big attack that really ends the fight. And so the combat system is designed to do that, where, like I said, you're fighting to build up momentum that you can then either risk to make gambits, where you're trying to disarm your opponent or... uh, push them back or uh, any of a number of other kind of big cinematic things, or you can use it to just make a decisive attack where you are, are trying to put, put the hurt on, but risking your own uh, position by, by spending that momentum.
0: Well, that sounds like so much fun. So I love playing role-playing games as a non fighty character. Like I will fight if need be, but I do like playing support characters who are more interested in the player experience not the fighting experience so can you tell us a little bit about the class system or the job system like whatever system that gives you the opportunity to pick what you're doing in this game structure
1: sure so exalted has a free build character system where you can take uh, any of the abilities uh, and attributes and just buy them up with experience points um so from a from like a job or class system, there isn't there isn't a piece of that that's hard coded into the game. Instead, there are different types of exalted, and then each type of exalted has a a cast or an aspect that describes what they're good at. So, if we talk about the solar exalted, they are empowered by the sun. They represent excellence in all things, and um, their casts uh, kind of focus on different uh, aspects of excellence. So you have the dawn cast who are like warriors and fighters, as uh, so the zenith cast who are like inspiring leaders and priests, uh, the twilight cast who are sorcerers and artificers and scholars, the night cast who are like rogues and assassins, um, and the eclipse cast who are uh, diplomats and negotiators. And while picking one of those doesn't lock you out of the other abilities. It does make it easier to buy into the types of powers that that play to your archetype.
0: Okay, is this buying things with XP similar to the Fantasy Flight system for, like, Star Wars? I'm not trying to, like, shoehorn exalt into something. I'm just trying to help kind of... Uh, explain the game to people who may be new to RPGs or who've only experienced a single RPG system so that they can kind of wrap their head around it? Because I played a lot of different systems, so this makes sense to me. But I do want to make sure that we're kind of bridging the gap for uh, first-time listeners who are like, I'm kind of interested, but I don't understand what I'm hearing.
1: Yes, no, perfectly understood. Um, Yeah, it is is very similar to that, um, where you... You, like, like in uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars, you can buy your, up, up your uh, skills. In Exalted, you can also buy up your attributes, so there's, you're not locked out in that sense. And then your, your special abilities in Exalted, they're, they're called charms, are bought from a tree. So it, it's really very similar to uh, the build system in Fantasy Flight Star Wars from that perspective.
0: Okay, great. So one of the things I always like to learn about when diving into a new RPG is the leveling system, because D and D is probably my least favorite because it's very slow and arduous. Once you get past a certain point, and you feel kind of um, you kind of feel like you're behind a threshold, and until you hit that point, you're kind of trapped. What what is the Like fluidity of going from start to maybe like, you know, three months down the line? Are you going to be stuck at level one still? Or is there like, you know, this kind of fluid growth where, you know, as you play, you get experience and you spend that experience on new stuff? Like, how does the the player growth? Um, over time feel and Exalted?
1: I think it's very fluid. Um, they, they recommend giving between five and 10 experience points per session, uh, which means that most sessions you could buy a, a new ability or another level in a skill or something with what you've uh, earned in that session. I mean, of course, there's always the like, oh, I want to get the last point of this attribute and that's going to cost you more. But... Most sessions, you could just spend your experience points and get something new for the next session.
0: Okay. Um,
1: okay. In addition to that, you're, as someone who's empowered by the, the gods, your divine power, your essence, increases slowly over time. And the way they represent that in third edition is is by creating an experience point threshold. So you're not buying up your power stat. But after you've spent 50 experience points, your power stat increases. And then after you spend another 100 experience points, your power stat increases. And so you get access to kind of the heights of power slowly over time while being able to fluidly from session to session add new things to your character sheet.
0: Ooh, that sounds fun. Okay, so fun question. Tell us uh, a fun story or experience that you've had playing with Exalted 3rd Edition because it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities for a lot of different things to happen regardless of your uh, player design. So, you know, if you're someone who wants to go into combat, someone who wants to go into negotiation, you want to be a pickpocket, you want to be a leader, it just sounds like there's so much flexibility for Anyone to do pretty much anything they want in this uh, this system?
1: Yeah. So uh, let me actually talk about the the actual play I ran because we had a really awesome session recently, where the the group split up with uh, most of the group uh, hosting a a party. On uh, one of the characters had a ship, and so they were using the ship to create a a closed system where they could uh, kind of use the social systems to try to gather information from the guests. And one of the players went and, and infiltrated one of the guests' houses at the same time. Um, so you had we were jumping back and forth between uh, using the social systems where the characters... I guess this is a good place for me to talk a little bit about the social systems in Exalted. The way it works is that every character has intimacies, things that they care about, and the social system... Uh, wants you to figure out what other characters care about and then use that as leverage to push the character to do what you want. So uh, if you make an argument that is based off of a, a deeply held principle, obviously that's going to land better than something that doesn't matter at all to someone. And that's what the social systems do. You uh, interact with with someone and observe them and uh, learn what they care about. And then you can turn that around to make arguments to, to push them in a particular direction or to uh, add new things they care about. So um, if you want them to regard you highly, you can take actions in a certain way to, to kind of get that to happen. And I think it, it interacts really well with the, the role playing of the system. Um, but it was a lot of fun to jump back and forth between these party scenes where the characters were uh, exchanging gossip and trying to, to understand kind of the political machinations that were going on uh, to this infiltration uh, where the, the character was using his powers of disguise um, and his his charms uh, in the, the larceny skill uh, to really make sure he was leaving no evidence behind at all. Um, and just having those two, uh, events converge to kind of get at, uh, key information that they were looking for. And I, I know I'm being a little bit, bit vague there and, uh, uh that's because I, I don't want to, uh, spoil it for anyone. If anyone does want to go check out the, uh, fall of Jara actual play on our, uh, on our podcast feed.
0: I actually kind of do now. I, I love doing sneaky things and the fact that there's like a larceny skill and a disguise skill sounds, uh. Very intriguing, which leads me to, I think, a really fundamental question for a lot of listeners – and especially since you're a part of writing the game, what is your favorite thing about this system? Because it sounds like there is a lot of stuff that you can fiddle with and it all sounds quite, uh, quite fun.
1: Um, I may, I made kind of dodge that question slightly uh, and say that my, my favorite thing about, about Exalted is the setting, uh, even more than the system. And I think the combat system and social systems are really neat. Um, and they I, and I enjoy engaging with the, the rules of the rest of the system. But there's such a, a broad and deep uh, setting uh, world for Exalted that I, I want to kind of pause and, and uh, point out how cool that is, uh, if that's all right with you.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, please do.
1: So uh, I said that Exalted is a, a post-apocalyptic post high fantasy, but it's not post-apocalyptic in that there was a modern world that uh, fell but it's post-apocalyptic in that uh, in ancient times, uh, the uh, gods and exalted kind of ruled uh, over creation, which is the, the flat uh, world setting of exalted that, that floats on a, a sea of churning chaos, um, that uh, they had a golden age. And uh, the golden age kind of went to... As golden ages do and there was a, a war called the usurpation where the exalted turned against each other um and it, it, we we get into all of the details of this on on our podcast and so you have all of these kind of ancient magical societies that are are a thousand years in the past uh but have left uh remnants uh, around the the world um and that that kind of just creates kind of a neat baseline so in the default uh, setting the the solar exalted who I mentioned earlier the chosen of the sun who are the the mightiest of the exalted uh, had vanished after this war uh, over a thousand years ago and have just started reappearing in creation um, and that event is kind of destabilizing a, a lot of a lot of the established uh, patterns of, of power um, and so there's lots of little uh, very kind of sword and sorcery, pulpy uh, setting elements throughout creation. And then depending on what you're interested in, you can zoom in in an area. Like I said earlier, the north uh, is kind of this des- desolate waste where... Um, Mortals kind of huddle in their cities uh, under whatever supernatural protection they can afford. And they are hunted by the dead uh, and the fair folk who come from beyond the edge of creation uh, and steal mortal souls. And so you can play the kind of big sword and sorcery heroes going and, and protecting everyone from the monsters. Or if you play in uh, say that the east uh, or part of the East, which is called the Scavenger lands, you have all of these old uh, empires and powerful city states uh, that have a loose alliance with each other, and so you can get into to a lot more like power politics and uh, um, uh, dealing with the gods and mortals alike it, it's just it's very neat to be able to dive into all of these little places in the setting
0: yeah that that sounds like a lot of source material to play through dig through learn as like either on the gm side where you're creating this narrative and you're building this universe for people to play in, or for the players to go and explore and i i'm actually probably going to take a look at this book now uh you sold me i'm interested <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're looking for a starting location with exalted there's a really good quick start called the tomb of dreams it has a a, a not a simplified version of the rules, but a, a narrower version of the rules where it doesn't get into the full details of everything. Um, but it has a beginning scenario. It talks enough about the setting that you can kind of understand what's going on. comes with pre-made characters, uh, and it's just a really good way to get into the game. Um, alternatively, uh, you can go check out the systematic understanding of everything, uh, which you can find at exaltcast.com. Um, that's the exalted podcast that I that I uh, am involved in running.
0: Okay, very cool. So I think one of the most critical questions I've got to ask is: How many d tens do I need to buy to play this game?
1: <laughs> um, reasonably, you you probably want to have fifteen d tens. Um, that that'll serve you in most cases. If you if you want to get a standard set of ten um, d tens, and I know there's those those sets of ten d ten out there. That would probably also be enough. Uh, you would just have to um, re-roll uh, some of them in situations where uh, you're pushing the edges of your your power.
0: Okay. All right. I'm, I'm a big fan of Rolling Dice, so I'm liking this already. So uh, we're going to wrap up the show. This has been a very fun little micro-episode to talk about Exalted, but I want you to 100% plug yourself and your show again so everyone who's listening that goes, ah, this sounds like a fun holiday game to play while I'm stuck at home during COVID. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, tell us the name of your podcast again, and you know when do you... Uh, go live? Is it like a Wednesday, Thursday? When can we listen to your Exalted content?
1: Sure. So like I said, I'm on two podcasts, uh, the Story Told podcast, which is an RPG variety show. We release every Monday at uh, midnight Eastern time. So on that Sunday to Monday uh, uh, midnight slot. Um, And we alternate between the main series episodes, which is a variety show, and the Fall of Giara, which is our Exalted AP. Uh, The Systematic Understanding of Everything also releases on Mondays, but at like 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And uh, that releases um, every two weeks. Uh, alternating to the fall of Giara, so you can get Exalted content from me every week if if you desire it.
0: Okay, and then the last question, because this is for me also. Uh, if we want to dive in and start listening, where do we where do we need to pick up? Because it sounds like you're in the middle of a campaign. So like, where's a good starting point for those of us who haven't played Exalted? We just listen to this episode and we go, ooh, where where do I begin?
1: So for the fall of Giara, there's two jumping in points. Uh, you can either jump in with um, Fall of Jiara Episode 1, which is our Session Zero, uh, where we got together and talked about the characters and set expectations for the campaign. Or if you want to jump in to where we are now, uh, we produced a summary of Act 1. Um, and it's called Fall of Jiara Act 1 Summary, uh, a recounting of the past where we actually had in character each of the players describe the events of the first arc of the campaign. So that's also a a good jumping in point um, if you want to just get up to the the latest of what we have uh, done. Um, For the systematic understanding of everything, I think you could pick up from any episode uh, if there's a topic that strikes your interest. Uh, But we are uh, breaking Exalted down uh, piece by piece. Um, so that that can really help if you want to get a better understanding of uh, the setting and systems in general.
0: Wonderful. Okay. And then our very, very last question, I promise, before we get on out of here, if people go, this is something I want, uh, where can they purchase the content? Is it like a core rule book and supplementary material? Like what what is available and what do new players need to get going?
1: Um, so like I said, I think the best place to start is the Tomb of Dreams Quick Start, which is available on DriveThruRPG. Uh, there is a, a 600-page core book for third edition, uh, which is daunting, uh, which is why I recommend starting with the Tomb of Dreams, because that, that really does have everything that you need to try the game out if you're interested. Um, and then you can go to the core rulebook. Uh, the core rulebook has the rules for playing the Solar Exalted, who are, are kind of the, uh, um signature character cover uh, of the book characters. But as third edition has progressed, uh, there are options for playing uh, other types of Exalted as well, including the elementally inspired Dragonblooded and the shape-shifting Lunar Exalted. Uh, There's a a couple of other setting books out for third edition as well. Um, And then if you wanted to go into the back catalog, there's like a hundred books from the first two editions, but um, the the place to start is is Tomb of Dreams.
0: Okay, perfect. All right. Well, we've got our jumping off point. So for anyone who's listening and you're intrigued with this system, you know where to go. You've got a podcast to listen to. So thank you so very much, Chaz, for your time. This has been a really fun little small episode that we can talk about what seems to be a very deep, exhilarating and uh, rewarding game structure compared to uh, some of the more perceived base code standards that are on the table so uh thank you so very much and like i said you can listen to all of his content on d20 radio which we highly recommend we love our sister podcasts and we are going to get on out of here but check out exalted let us know what you think and once again big thank you to Chaz for coming on the show we greatly appreciate you
1: thank you for having me on